Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. Uh, my next guest on West Coast Live is a purveyor of crazy wisdom. Uh, he's also a, been a radio commentator, a stand-up uh, one-man show. I don't know that uh, he's a, sort of a, uh, a man who presents the comedy of ideas and the ideas of comedy all in one. He also leads various uh, retreats at Esalen, where he is renowned in the hot tubs there for his <laughs> presence and wisdom. Uh, some of his books include, If You Don't Like the News, Go Out and Make Some of Your Own, a collection of his essays, which is, of course, one of his great taglines. Will you please welcome Wes Scoop Nisker to West Coast Live. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and to you, Sedge, especially happy anniversary. Uh, 15 years, the same radio show. That in, in the radio biz, that's longevity. And you, you deserve uh, uh, honorable mentions. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. We've had great, uh, you know, great radio stations we've been with. So, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's all part of it. I was thinking that uh, this year we're going to hope to... Uh, to go to places where listeners want us to come, you know, Coos Bay, Oregon. There's a theater there, for instance. Mm -hmm. Coos Bay, center of uh, art and culture, and we hope to, to bring some of it to you. We all hope to go to places we haven't been in uh, the next, uh, the coming year. We have an inauguration coming up, which is going to take us places we haven't been. Isn't that exciting? I, I'm so, I'm, I'm so happy. I think, of, I think of Barack Obama as the man on the off-white horse coming to save us. <laughs> I do have some, uh, I have some suggestions, if you'd like to hear. Sure. Uh, for, the, for the incoming president. Um, I, I think he's listening <laughs> on, on the internet. On his Blackberry. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the first thing he should do is go to the UN and announce that the United States would like to resign as a superpower. <laughs> and, and from now on, we'd just like to be known as an ordinary happy-go-lucky nation. A regular power. <laughs> An ordinary power. I mean, it's happening anyway, so why don't we go for it? <laughs> you know, it, Be out in front. Exactly. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed of in, in letting go of your superpower status. If you look back at history, you see empires, superpowers like ours rise and fall at regular intervals. And, uh, I mean, just a few decades ago, the Brits were proud to say the sun never sets on the British Empire. Now it's just those little islands in the North Atlantic. The sun never rises on the, <laughs> on the British Empire. There's nothing. Well, at least until after 8 o'clock. It goes, disappears before 4 this time of year. Yeah, you were just there. And there's nothing to fear from giving up our superpower status. Uh, you know, Rome didn't decline in a day either. And uh, while it was declining, a lot of Roman citizens probably didn't even know what was happening. And then a few centuries later, they started calling themselves Italians. They're doing fine today. <laughs> What's, plus, besides, this would be the world's first intentional decline and fall. <laughs> so... Well, do you want the fall to be part of it, or is it just the decline? Let's call it the decline and slide. How about that? <laughs> so... The president, uh, in his new administration, would set up a bunch of public works projects, which he's intending to do anyway. But I, ha I, would, I envision not just a new deal, but a new age new deal. <laughs> I have a, a, a five-year plan in my mind called the Great Leap Backward. <laughs> and uh, so, for instance, the government uh, would set up a new department, the Department of Meditation and Therapy, which would set up deprogramming centers around the country and teach hyperactive American workers how to be less productive members of a less productive society. 
the, the government would. I mean, rather than having it forced upon them. Exactly, uh, the government would pay people by the hour just to work on themselves, and and we could all we could all use the mantra, uh, enough, enough. We've got enough stuff. Enough, enough. I mean, really, this is this is a great time. This is a great time for Buddhism. You know, I, I think Buddhism will be big in the in the coming recession uh, uh, because if you don't have enough money to satisfy your desires, you've got to just get rid of your desires. That's the, the only thing you can do. But I have other plans. I have other plans for the incoming Obama administration. Uh, I think they could put Detroit back to work. You know, construction workers back to work on disassembly lines. Take apart the cars, separate the steel out into the ores, and, and shovel it back into the ground again. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers could take apart the dams, let the rivers run free under the revised slogan, making the world safe for nature. Um, we could ask India, Egypt, Mexico maybe to, send, to start reverse peace course. Send us volunteers to teach us how to live more simply, how to cook tasty meals of rice and beans, how to wash our clothes on rocks, when and how to take the siesta, very important. And in order to keep our currency afloat as we make this transition from superpower to ordinary nation, what do we do better than any other people on the planet? Entertain. Ameri everybody loves American entertainment. So as we announce that we are resigning as a superpower, we invite the rest of the world to come and witness this historic moment, the world's first intentional decline and fall. We open up the entire country as a, as a vast theme park called Formerly Great America. <laughs> the, the downhill rides would be spectacular. Don't you think we should go for it? A conscious, we'll call it the decline and slide, a conscious decline and slide, because it's happening. And, uh, you know, personally, I'm kind of glad. Because? I think the world was on a collision course between economy and ecology. You'll notice that both economy and ecology start with the syllable eek. Or eco. <laughs> or eco, yes, but... Uh, uh, you know, the, the other species of life are, are delighted right now. They're really happy. I mean, a lot of humans are suffering uh, because of this slowdown in our, in our worldwide industrial technological economies. But the other, for, to the other species of life, it's a matter of life and death. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're living through one of the largest, uh, what they call extinction spasms in biological history third or fourth largest species dying off at a thousand times the r expected rate. And it's due primarily to the human herds, we won't mention any names, trampling across the planet, consuming everything in their path. We had to slow this whole system down enough to maybe get a handle on what we're doing to the rest of the planet, maybe beginning to reassess our, our lives, retool our machines for sure, but reassess what what direction we need to go to have a sustainable society. You know, it, it isn't, it wasn't sustainable. So I, I like to look at this time as a, as a blessing, as a, you know, the word apocalypse is from the Greek means lifting the veil, seeing the way we're living and, and trying to understand it in a, in a new way. I think, I think so I, I'm, I'm looking at this time as very, 
as a, as a seminal moment, really, and not, not just in human history, but in biological history. And it, it's kind of exciting to be alive now. And you can think of all the money you've lost, you know, all, all of the money you've lost out of your 401ks or whatever as a donation. Uh, you know, try to put a positive spin on it. You're, you're donating to the preservation of other species, of uh, the California red-legged frog, or the San Bruno elfin butterfly, or the Presidio manzanita, or... Those are, uh, but they're, they're gonna be countervailing forces on the planet that wanna get the markets up and, and going again. And yet also at the same time when you were, when you were talking about this, uh, this decline this is actually worldwide. I mean, it's just not the United States. Yes. And, yes. And, and certainly one of the one things is you see the economy recede like a, like a water, these, these, these shoals, these, these reefs of sort of fraud and, and deceit upon which a lot of it was based. I mean, whether it's in this country or in England or in India, you know, you know people just sort of saying, well, we've got $100 million, you know, dollars in the bank, and in fact they didn't, and yet people would invest. I mean, the whole thing was, this sort of became this enormous meringue Yes, it did, and and you know it's it's the fact that that the the entire system of uh, the, it seems like our, our economies are built on fostering greed and and deception and individualism and I'll get mine and I don't care about you, and that's why we need at this point in our history uh, the intervention of of government to regulate some of that greed and. And, and aggression and uh, competition. But you seem to be arguing that the individual regulate themselves. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, we have to work on all fronts. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, we, we do need to help, help the system by regulating our own greed. But, uh, you know, humans, uh, we're a baby species, you know. We're just, we're just kind of, we just got these big brains and we're not real good at using them yet. Uh, <laughs> We should not be tried as adults, basically. Uh, evolutionarily speaking. Evolutionarily speaking. Who are the adults? So there, there'd be the alligators and the sharks, right? Those, those provide good lessons for fully, you know, long-living uh, species, though, on the planet. Right. But, uh, not to mention certain forms of bacteria that thrive. But I think we, we've been through a period of kind of like, uh, we don't need regulation. Let everybody do what they do, and everything will turn out okay. Adam Smith said, you know, if everybody looks out for their enlightened, their own enlightened self-interest, but unfortunately most capitalists aren't enlightened. Uh, and how, how would you recommend a capitalist become enlightened? Um, donate to my uh, meditation center. <laughs> many now that's, that's need, not greed, right? Is that, is that? Many merits. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think that... Uh, for instance, one of the craziest things that you saw last year was the Soviet republics going mad for free market capitalism, the Chinese, the red Chinese going mad for free market capitalism, while we in the United States were nationalizing the banks. I mean, why don't we just switch ideologies and, and have another Cold War? I mean, or... I, I, you know, I met some people in England who want to take the banks, and they said the banks are too big. We want to go back to what we call local building societies. The, the term there is paramutual. We use it as betting. They use it as banking there. But, but the idea that people would have shares in their local banks, the banks would know who they were lending to, and uh, that it would return to more of a community-based uh, financial structure. And, and there are people seriously trying to propose this in, in Britain. Well, meanwhile, you know, banks are sort of, you know, we'll end up with one bank in every country. The George Bailey kind of uh, 
The George Bailey kind of approach. System, yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I, I said to, uh, to one of these people I met, I said, you watch, a, it's a wonderful life, you know. <laughs> Take a look at how the, the community helps out George is about he's, he's, as he's about to be arrested by the banking examiners. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that it's time for, uh, a, a, I would like to see Obama really talk to people, uh, and he can, he's inspiring, about the fact that we uh, have to reassess what really makes us happy. I mean, maybe he could even use some of the new brain research, you know, and the new research on happiness. Um, to You're talking about hormone therapy, too, for the, the yeah, population? Of course. <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, and... And, and maybe start a discussion about overpopulation, which is uh, a discussion that needs to be started again worldwide. Uh, uh, maybe Obama could really admit and have us all uh, realize that as a species, we are a little out of control and we are destroying the life of this planet and that we need to work together, not just as a world community, but as a species trying to right itself. Um, I mean, I would like to see a president or hear a president who at the end of every one of his speeches doesn't just say, God bless America, who says, God bless everyone and all living beings. Yeah. It, it's time to let yeah. go of some of this nationalism. Yeah. That's, that's a very... Uh, <laughs> Char Char Charles Dickens was on to something there at the end of the Christmas Carol, you know, with Tiny Tim. God bless us, everyone, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a good point, but you know, in the, in the meanwhile, you know, you, you read that Japan is worried about its declining birth rate and wants, you know, its citizens, in order to preserve the Japanese culture, to go procreate. That's so a, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So <laughs> you can imagine, you know, a, a, a G8 or a G22 conference of some kind on, you know, who gets to procreate and who doesn't. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's true. We need to cut down our, our population, but you know, no. Some of you will have to go, I'm sure. But <laughs> there are ice flows waiting right now. You know, I say. You know, that was that was a that was always a way that the like the, you know, some of the Inupiat people would would preserve the balance of their own population is that when an elderly person was no longer able to contribute back into the society. It was the ice flow, mm -hmm. just a kind of quiet hypothermia out into the Arctic Sea. I've heard that uh, that's, a, that's a pretty pleasant way to go, freezing, rather than global warming, you know, catching up with you. <laughs> I don't know, global, I mean, we, I think one of the best things w we can do at this moment is, is carry a big perspective. I mean, to really, I think- And, and speak loudly, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, is to really understand ourselves in history and not blame and, and you know, uh, not feel, to, to really understand that no matter how much money you've lost, we're living at a time, if you compare yourself to all the people who lived before, say, 100 years ago, we're all very lucky. We're living at a time when we have antibiotics and painkillers and Velcro and, I mean, you know, we're, we're comparing ourselves to other populations of, of humans, we're, we're living in a very rarefied, wonderful time. And my, one of my favorite events of, of 2008 was the Hubble telescope pictures being sent back. There was a, the top 10 chosen by the astronomers. And the top one was the Sombrero Galaxy. And the, it's 25 million light years away. Uh, but they got a picture of it, you know. They got it to hold still for a moment. Yeah, right. And 
Then they counted the number of suns in this one galaxy, and there were 600 billion. M million or billion? No, with a b -b -b <laughs> a billion suns, and that's in one galaxy. Now, either that's going to make you, I mean, and there are billions of galaxies full of suns. And, uh, you know, now either that's going to make you feel very insignificant, really tiny. I mean, we've always felt like we were the, the whole universe was created for us. And all of a sudden we're seeing how big this is. Um, unless you meditate and understand that you are one with everything, then suddenly you have become so much grander than you ever thought you were. <laughs> you contain billions of stars. Not just um, contain multitudes, but you contain billions. Uh, anyway. So, so, so are, are you arguing, are, are, are you suggesting that we, we realize, we recognize our significance, insignificance in the face of the larger cosmic world, or that we uh, aggrandize ourselves to realize we're part of this large world and thus we are much larger than we think of ourselves. Yes, aggrandize. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it that, but... Uh, you, oh, I know, I'm trying to right. think of it. You, you kind of like disappear into the bigness of it all. Uh, as as the, in the Chinese landscape paintings, you you know, you see the mountains and the, the forests and then you have to look real close and you see a little human, you know, to keep that perspective which is, is so relieving, you know, to get out of your own drama, that it's really, it's all about me and my life and my satisfying my desires. And it's, it's a lifelong work to, to, to... So which desire have you had to give up? I've had to give up my desire to end desire. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop Nisker, crazy wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. ScoopNisker.com. Links to him on our website. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.